Are you looking to fine-tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself, in each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real-world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine Tune. So in the last year and a half of doing this podcast, I've had the opportunity to interview lots of different people, have great conversations, focused on all different kinds of topics. But the focus has really been about innovation, digital transformation. And I wake up every morning in this beautiful house, and I say to myself, the real estate business is just, for so many reasons, so far behind in the need for innovation and the need for transformation in the need for, in North America in particular, affordability, which is a whole other conversation I'm not going to get into. But along the way, you meet really interesting people. And I came across a Globe and Mail article not that long ago that was talking about this really interesting business called Key. And so I reached out to one of the founders, and I am lucky enough to have him with me today, Daniel Dubois who is a serial entrepreneur. This is not the first go around with regards to starting a business, a passionate change maker. He has sold two venture backed businesses. He's worked at little organizations like Airbnb. He kind of knows a thing or two or maybe a little bit more than that about the startup ecosystem. He's been a top 30 under 30, a Canadian G20 delegate, top student entrepreneur in Canada. This is like a resume that if I had even now, at my ripe old age, I would feel super impressed with myself. So Daniel's with me today. He is the classic underachiever. Underachiever? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, he's a TEDx speaker. Daniel Dubois, co-founder of Key. Welcome to the podcast today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I think you have some spare time too, and, and you like volunteer and mentor. And I, I mean... There's just so many hours in the day, right? No. Yeah. Wait till you have kids in university. Everything changes. Exactly. Yeah. Get it in while I can. So listen... The real estate market, I'm on my fourth house. I got into the market way back. I rolled equity. I'm, as I sit at dinner tables with partners, vendors, friends, the lucky one. You know, apparently I got in at the right time. I don't know that there is a right time, but I guess you and your co founders have decided to take on the real estate market now. We'll talk a little bit about the model, but what is it about that vertical, that industry, that space that says now's the time to go after it? Well, if we think about timing, I grew up in Vancouver and my entire life, I've heard about how unaffordable real estate has been. I grew up in a co-op in False Creek and my parents would often talk about a woulda, coulda, shoulda getting into the market. And meanwhile, in the last decade, it's gone from a few years to be able to save up for a down payment to now 27 years in Toronto, just to save up enough for a down payment, 35 years in Vancouver, right? So it went from four years to 35 years where it's a generational crisis. Young people have two options. They rather are stuck on the proverbial rental treadmill where their income isn't going up at the same rates as housing prices and they're locked out of being able to build wealth with home ownership or they're locked into a traditional mortgage if they're fortunate enough to be able to qualify for one, usually from the support of the bank mom and dad. And then you have to maintain a certain lifestyle to service your debt. Everyone's house poor. So I feel like there needs to be a third option, a new model where you can have most of the benefits of owning, but with the freedoms and flexibilities of renting. So now talk about the new model and maybe discuss a little bit, what is key? What is that model? And what 
ultimately is the problem, because you mentioned a number of problems there. You talked about down payment and just getting in. Then you talked about the ongoing cost and that home poor lifestyle. What are you solving for? Well, you just nailed it. Key from a high level solves the two biggest challenges holding people back from being able to own a home. The first is a large down payment. And the second is qualifying for and having to service a mortgage. So with Key, you can own a home with just 2.5% down with no mortgage ever. So the way that works, it's a co-ownership model. So Key is purely just a technology platform, two-sided marketplace. Think of one side of our marketplace as real estate supply. That could be a family office, could be a real estate developer, could be a single family rental company. And then on the other side of our marketplace is demand. So we've created a direct consumer brand for what we call home ownership as a service. So it's a gradual new form of home ownership where you can consume real estate incrementally. If a condo is worth $600,000 in downtown Toronto, you can become a co-owner with just $15,000 down. Every month in our app, you can choose to purchase more of your home. And after three years, you have the option to purchase 100% of it. So you can own a home year sooner, continue to build equity, have the freedoms of renting. And after three years, you have the option to purchase it, but you don't have to purchase it. You can continue to build equity on your own terms. And at any time, you can give a couple of months notice and leave and buy a house somewhere else or move to a new city for a job opportunity. So I always remember my grandparents saying, buy land, buy land. It's always about the real estate. It's always about the land, location, land, location, land. So the model's kind of interesting because the way you just described it, doesn't necessarily feel like what my grandparents would have assumed was the definition of ownership. So talk to me a little bit about what ownership actually means. Can I can I take the equity I'm building as a customer, a tenant, an owner? I guess the question is, what am I if I'm living in one of these properties? Can I use that? Can I borrow against that? Like, How does this fit in the traditional model? I think that's mm-hmm. maybe something that most people haven't really thought through. Yeah, I think what's what's really interesting and challenging about Key is most people try to fit us into an existing bucket. So, so many people say, oh, this is a co-op, or this is a REIT, or this is a rent-to-own, or a lease-to-own, or some type of construct that exists already today. In reality, we call ourselves a co-ownership model, but that's not even entirely true because co-ownership in the traditional sense is where a bunch of people move into a place together, they co-own it. It's almost an ownership angle of co-housing, which Key is not. We're an entirely new model where you actually have an equity position that grows in value from day one. So it's not a rent to own where you put deposits towards eventually purchasing it. And then there's a trigger event that takes place and you have to decide, do you want to continue to rent? In which case you forfeit your deposits and it's quite punitive. Or do you want to own and you have to qualify for a mortgage? So key is the only model that exists that you can actually have an ownership position that grows in value over time and you don't have to qualify for a mortgage. So if you think about, we say most of the benefits of homeowning with the freedoms of renting. So what are the benefits of owning? The first is an equity position that can grow in value over time. You have that from day one with key, $15,000. You have an equity position that has leverage applied to it. That's not the same amount of leverage as traditional homeownership, which is also a good thing. So in a down market, you're more protected. And uh, not everyone is, you know, have crazy household debts like a lot of Canadians and Americans do right now. We have the governor of the Bank of Canada, who's the chair of our advisory board, and this is something he's extremely passionate about. In fact, he just wrote a book, and not to steal his thunder, but one of the chapters in his book is validating our model before we met. He was saying, we need a third option. We need something where Canadians don't have the same level of household debt that we currently have. And then in many ways, we've overly glorified 
traditional home ownership, right? And what happens when interest rates rise and then everyone's underwater. So anyways, all that to say, benefits of homeowning, equity position that can grow in value over time, two, security of tenancy. So there's way more consumer protection in our model where it's a three-year term. So the asset owner can't sell after three years. They have the option to sell, but they have to give you six months notice. So at the very least, you have three and a half years of security of tenancy compared to 60-day notice. I had dinner with a friend last night and he moved into his third place this year during COVID because of rent evictions with you know, his landlord's son or daughter going to UBC and him having to move. So equity position that grows in value, security of tenancy, and the third one is the pride and status that comes from being a homeowner. There's a lot of judgment, I feel like, in our society. It's fairly unjust in being a renter, but you do have the pride and status of being an owner because you have a contractual obligation that someone will service your redemptions, that you have an equity position, that you have that level of security. You're more likely to be a basketball coach at the elementary school or invest in the community in which you live, right? So let's talk about the other side of the marketplace. You mentioned the notion of property owners, investors, etc. What's in it for them? I get the renter slash buyer owner side of the Mm -hmm. equation. Why, if I had a series of rental condos, investment properties, why partner with you? So the core innovation of key is we've created a win-win on both sides of our marketplace. So it depends on the asset owner and the persona that we're talking to, but there's a number of value propositions. The first is a higher quality resident. So right now you have uh, a lot of fraud that's built into the application process. You have high turnover costs, there's delinquency, there's people who are destructive. With Key, you have an owner resident that's coming in and putting 2.5% down, which is roughly six months of rent equivalent that they're investing. So they're far less likely to be delinquent or destructive or not pay rent because you actually have custody and collateral over that investment in case of significant damages. The second is lower customer acquisition costs. So instead of paying brokers or sales marketing efforts, we have a standing wait list. We were having about 100 people joining our wait list every week. Right now, it's about 100 a day, just based on so much media. We've had um, 200 publications that have written about Key in the last two weeks. So far less customer acquisition costs, less risk of delinquency or people being destructive. Owner residents pay a proportionate amount of repair and maintenance. So it actually creates a really strong alignment of interest. So people are incentivized. The owner residents incentivized to actually take good care of someone's home. And then the other side of that is one of the biggest competitors to rentals is home ownership. So there's really high churn right now. You have realtors saying drive till you qualify or you know buy land, do whatever you can to get to get your skin in the game and get a wedge into the market. Where now you have an ownership value proposition, so you're less likely to have to move to be able to scratch that itch. And there's a number of different personas that we're working with. So one is multiple families that own real estate condo here in Toronto. We took a private condo REIT for 70% during COVID to 100% because of just how much demand there is for this model. We're working with developers who, let's say a developer who has a 480 unit building, instead of flooding the market with 480 units and look at any classic Marketplace dynamics, the supply and demand, you don't want to flood the marketplace with supply. And then you're also paying for sales agents, realtor commissions, sales offices, all of that. With Key, you can attach real estate to our platform and gradually sell on the way up. 
So it makes a lot more sense than locking in the value day one where a plug and play solution that's super easy for developers to then sell gradually and, and uh, ride the appreciation. And then a very interesting vertical that we've been diving deep into is single family rentals. So there's a narrative right now of Wall Street buying up Bay Street. There's a lot of capital that's getting injected into purchasing single family rentals. And there's an impact on the world, right? And the more capital that's getting injected into the single family rental asset class, the further and further out of reach the dream of home ownership becomes. So there are some very value aligned groups that are in single family rentals. I had a conversation with a group yesterday that's buying 150 homes a week, and they're buying homes that no one's living in, dilapidated shacks at about $20,000 in the United States. They have a process to quickly renovate and then move a family into a piece of real estate that wasn't livable before. So they're actually creating more supply, which from a supply and demand marketplace perspective, once again, super important for housing as a whole, the entire continuum of housing, not just home ownership. And for them, now there's a really strong ESG component where they can not just provide housing for blue collar workers, but they can actually help people transition from being a renter to a homeowner and they can create programming to accelerate that timeline. And right now, Key isn't working with blue collar workers. It's something we'd love to support more Canadians and Americans to be able to own a home. But most of our real estate, in fact, all of our real estate is B plus, A minus, class A type real estate supply. There's some incredible stories and verticals. And and I hadn't really given thought to the notion of the high quality tenant because they've got skin in the game. Essentially, they're trying to get to the point of ownership of either that asset themselves or a different asset. But yeah, what, a, what an interesting one. They're not transient university students where the owner decides to kick your friend out in Vancouver because their nephew, niece, son, or daughter decides to go to university. Interesting analogy. The doing good thing is interesting too, this whole ESG play. And, you know, I guess you've worked in a space before with regards to organizations like Airbnb that are, I guess I would call on the line of the gig economy. And so this I could see as well, key being an enabler of the gig economy workforce actually being able to find a way into home ownership, whereas through the traditional mechanisms of checking your credit score, checking your salary, your income, you know, the T4 from a large institution, those things don't exist. It's a great so call you can, out. Yeah, you can help get through that and maybe enable an entire portion. And I think the last stat I saw was 35% of North Americans have some sort of secondary gig economy income, whether it's selling secondhand items on an eBay platform or actually doing things like Airbnb or Uber. Is, is that a space you're looking at? So one of our owner residents, is, his name is Jordan Taylor. He was the front page of the Toronto Star newspaper. He was featured in the number one spot on Apple News last week. And he's a gig worker. He, uh, he, he does music production, audio, podcast editing on Fiverr and other platforms. And home ownership was far out of reach for him, especially as an entrepreneur, right? He doesn't have employment history because he's self-employed gig worker. We had a single mom who's an Instacart shopper who was able to buy a house in 15 minutes pulled over on the side of the road on her iPhone. We've completely digitized the entire process. Jordan Taylor, the gig worker, went from an Instagram ad to living in the home in which he co-owned in 23 days. 23 days. So just to let that sink in for a minute, when you look at the years that it takes to save up for a down payment in the first place, by the way, in the last year, home ownership, the number of years it takes to save up for a down payment has gone up two years. So once again, that number is actually moving 
higher and higher faster than uh, the rate of time right now. So it has like escape velocity behind it. And then, you know, 15 minutes on the side of the road on an iPhone and 23 days from an Instagram ad, having never heard about Keith actually living in the home which you co-own. Yeah, come on, 23 days only because he had nothing to move in. So he didn't have to wait the four week <laughs> delay for the movers in this city. Yeah. So that brings me to one other topic. So the enablement of those kinds of experiences is fundamentally digital. It's fundamentally in your hand. It's mobile first. It's quick decisioning. It's real time. Maybe talk a little bit about any of the innovations in technology. I mean, marketplaces have been around now for quite some time. Is there anything specific in the way you've architected or built your system from a tech stack or a data analytics stack that might be of interest? For sure. You mentioned why now at the beginning of our conversation, and we talked about the why now of just how unaffordable real estate is and this generational crisis of squeezing an entire generation outside of being able to own. But a bigger why now or equally as strong is key couldn't have existed four or five years ago because the fintech innovation and ecosystem didn't exist to the extent that it does today. So for example, we integrate with Plaid in the United States. We've integrated with Flinks here in Canada. We scrape people's deposits to make sure that their attest income matches up with the deposit schedule that they've received to make sure that their income is uh, legitimate. We have integrated with Certain to do real-time identity verification, we use KYC 2020. We use a number of different platforms to even there's fintech innovation that we've had to build from scratch. For example, there wasn't a way for us to take a $50,000 down payment and then also take a reoccurring payment on a monthly basis and have anything above the rent equivalent go towards more equity, which would lower the rent equivalent on a monthly basis. So we've integrated with things like best-in-class service operators, such as automated valuation methodology to calculate the, the real-time value, the fair market value on a monthly basis of the real estate, right? So yeah, it's, it's been really exciting. Most of our VCs behind us are fintech investors, and we've built technology to be able to own a home without a conventional mortgage and 100% digitally. So having run the Simply brand for CIBC in the past, you know, thinking about the use of really innovative organizations like Plaid, like Flinks being Canadian, like certain, again, Canadian innovation and technology. It's both feel good, but I completely understand it. And for those of you that don't, you know, think about the modernization of simple things like the credit check. Today, most decisions are based on a binary number that comes from a very legacy organization that measures whether you pay your credit card bills or not on time. But now imagine the way you just described, Daniel, the ability to make decisions on months and months of cash flow in and out. And so maybe two years ago, I or any consumer forgot to pay one credit card when we were on a business trip. And it's like, whoops, why should I suffer for three or four years of bad credit rating? Because I forgot one little tiny thing and really didn't care to do anything about it in terms of res resolution and fixing it. But by looking at cash flow in and out, you can make such better decisions. It's something I talk about in, in other businesses as well. We need to start thinking about different ways to identify and and really understand the potential value of a consumer or a customer to your business. And it's really, I'm smiling here as I say that, because I think it's really innovative and I'm really glad to hear that from you. So maybe maybe the, the last question, when you think about you know the horizon two, three years out, where are you? Obviously, you mentioned you're defining a space. You don't necessarily fit into a space. Are there any things, obviously, you're new, you're getting going, but the roadmap? You know, where does it take you? Is it different segments, verticals, features, products, partnerships? What's on the horizon that you can share? 
So what I love about podcasts is we get a nice timestamp of where we're at today. We're at a very interesting moment in time where I mentioned we've had 200 publications in the last two weeks that has written about us. We have uh, years worth of work that's gone behind the scenes and modeling and working with all three levels in government, filing multiple patents on this ownership engine where the more you own, the less rent you pay and being able to compute uh, real estate values in real time. So there's a whole intellectual property suite that we've built out. And just on your last point, when it comes to credit, we've been able to create a home ownership solution without the dependency of credit, which has a huge ripple effect. So take entrepreneurs as an example, but also new Canadians. So you're a new Canadian, you move here, you have to build credit for a couple of years to be able to qualify for a mortgage, or you have to convince someone to co-sign. <laughs> when you're new to a country, you don't have the ability to do so. So often uh, new Canadians are, you know, drive till they qualify, buying a house with cash, whatever it might be. And then uh, we've also had another innovation on our platform where every month as you go to buy more of your home or service your rent equivalent, that's actually contributing to building your credit as well. So we're, in many ways, we're helping lift an entire generation up to help them own a home year sooner. That's where we're at today. This is chapter one. When I sold my last company, I moved from Vancouver to Toronto to join Airbnb full-time. I hired a realtor to help me find a place to buy and realized I wasn't at a point in my life that I was ready for a long-term mortgage. If I was to buy a place and then move to where my team was in San Francisco that year, or I was relocated somewhere else, I wasn't going to be getting any further ahead. And there's all these time costs and hassles with traditional home ownership. So for me, it was a less about just being able to get into the real estate market and more about how much of a hit on lifestyle that would have been, especially if I had to move. And on top of it, I've always been an entrepreneur. And while I was at Airbnb, I didn't want to have a looming a debt over my head that I'd have to service to be able to you know, maintain a certain salary just to be able to, to pay my mortgage. I wanted to be able to take big bets and risks and start a company and not take a salary and, and figure that out. So I see a world where in hindsight, I would be able to graduate college and I wouldn't even have to buy a couch. I could subscribe to furniture as a service on our platform. I can move from a bachelor in Vancouver to a one bedroom or two bedroom here in Toronto. I could then be relocated with Airbnb to San Francisco and I could grow to a three bedroom or four bedroom as my family grows. I can move to Berlin or Shanghai without actually leaving the ecosystem, move from a condo to a detached home and even age gracefully in place where I'm not house poor and I have access to my equity and can service my lifestyle as I see fit. So key is not a timeshare by any means. It's principal residence only. You can only own one home. You can't buy five homes in our model and sublease them out and play rent arbitrage. It's true ownership of a principal residence. And I see long-term us being able to further align the interest between real estate investors and real estate owner residents. Where right now you have asset owners and real estate investors who, you know, capital goes where capital needs to go and it flows opportunistically. But the way that real estate investing has traditionally worked has actually displaced our people outside of the city. There's a disincentive of interest on both sides of the marketplace right now in the world, the way that the world currently works. And I see a world in a few years with key where we can actually use investor capital to help lift up our society and help them own a home year sooner. I don't even know where to go from there, but <laughs> Daniel Dubois, co-founder of Key. And again, that's lifeatkey.com for anyone who's looking to find it. Um, 
allowing for home ownership without the need for credit, doing good along the way. And I can already envision the commercial starting with that smiling new grad walking into the front door of their empty condo with furniture as a service full and all the way through their life stages until they decide to go back to that same condo. So you see where I'm going with this commercial, the creative direction. It's the same condo, but it's 45 years later. (laughs) Furniture is now modernized, but that full life cycle, it's such an interesting story. Thank you for explaining it to me today. I see so much potential in this. And I think that that two-time exit is going to go to three at some point, or maybe this is just going to become the world's biggest real estate business and who knows. (laughs) But uh, congratulations on the model. Good luck. And uh, it's now 201 publications that are talking about you. So thanks for spending the time with me today. Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate the support. Take care. You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at CorbyFine, or visit my website, CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening. <laughs>